Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. This is a great day to be alive, isn't it? Let's say any day is a great day to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> Today, we're going to, going to continue with our series. Know that God's intent is to for his will to be done through your life. His intent is for his will to be done through your life. And in preparation, laying the foundation for that, because we're going to get into some heavy stuff that you're already living, but we want to comfort and encourage you in that. And before we got into those messages, 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 in this series, we want to learn that God wants to abundantly bless you. Not just bless you. God wants to abundantly bless you. We, we are so used to being blessed that I don't think we understand and know what it is to be abundantly blessed. But he does want to abundantly bless us. And we talked about uh, positioning ourselves for that. And one of the ways we said we wanted to do that is to allow the Holy Spirit to purify our hearts. And we, we were using the book of Daniel, some of Daniel's experiences, because Daniel, uh, he made up in his mind that he would not defile his body uh, with, the, on the, with the king's table. And we just applied that to our lives that we really didn't want to, um, to be defiled. And we found out through Matthew is that anything that comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and that's what defiles a person. And so we wanted to make sure our hearts were pure. So we talked about that. And last week we went into uh, the second way to position ourselves was to make sure that we are seeking God's favor and not man. We did that. Let's pick it up where we left off right there because we said that it's very important for us to realize that we sometimes we are seeking man's favor and, and, and not seeking God's favor. And I've done it, you've done it, and, and so we want to cease from doing that and we want to be aware that some of the things that we do, some of the things that we say, sometimes we are doing it to please others and not to please God. And so we talked about some, uh, some situations. We talked about a scripture, matter of fact, I didn't go to it, but we just talked about it. The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro over the whole earth to uh, show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is fully committed to him. So we know that his heart was for Daniel. His eye was on Daniel. And let's pick it up from there. If we go to, there's a scripture that, that I thought was really, really, really good in, in, in Psalm chapter 146. Let, let's go to Psalm 146 there. And let's look at um, verse 3 there. And it says, Do not trust in princes in mortal man in whom there is no salvation. Now this is saying that we're not going to seek man's favor, really. I don't care if he's a prince. I don't care what uh, his background is, what he's going to inherit, all those type of things. We're not going to trust in mortal man because there is no deliverance. No deliverance in 
mortal man. And if you remember reading uh, in the Old Testament a lot of times, especially in Kings and Chronicles, you would find out that the kings did just that. In Israel, there was not a good king. Not one when the king was when, when the uh, kingdom was divided. There was not one in the northern kingdom. Not one good king. All of them served idols. All of them, you know, they weren't serving God. And in the southern kingdom, in, in Judah, it became the same thing as time went on. And we'll talk about that just a little bit sometime later in the, in the message, that Judah started falling away from the God the same way. And a matter of fact, we said last week that Judah fell away because they, of two things, in their speech and in their actions. And we talked about speech. Again, it's important to say the right thing. And I want to encourage you with uh, going back to Numbers. Let's go to Numbers 14. Let's go there. Because I believe that you need encouraging today to be trusting totally in the Lord in your situation. Because many of us are going through things. Many of us. And I believe that God wants to encourage us to say things that will put our trust, let him know that our trust is in him. If we pick it up in verse 22, it says, Surely all men who have seen my glory and my signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully. There's two things he said about Caleb. Caleb had a different spirit. And he followed him fully. We said that last time. Now let's take that a little further. What made him have a, have a, have a different spirit? What is the scripture talking about when it says he had a different spirit? How, 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 do, how do we know he had a different spirit? How, do, how does the Lord know he had a different spirit? It's because of what he said. See, when, when, when all the other spies, the ten spies, were, were talking about how the people were tall, the, 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 the walls were, were tall, they were, they were large, they, they went from uh, the earth to the heavens, you know, they, they, they were too strong for them. They can't take this land. Joshua and Caleb, they were saying, hey, we can do this thing. God is for us. If he sends us over there, he's already prepared a way for us. Their strength has been weakened. We can go do this thing. Don't rebel against the Lord. That's a different spirit. That's a different spirit. I want to have that type of spirit when things come against me. When situations appear to be 
different than what I read in the scripture. Has that ever happened to you? That you're going through things that you read that God has already taken care of. Does that happen to you? That you should be above and not beneath. The head and not the tail. You know, we read a lot of things in Scripture, right? Yeah. And sometimes we say, well, hmm, this is not happening in my life. Well, why isn't it happening to me? And then you get these thoughts that maybe God doesn't love me. Well, you know, you're not really spending enough time with God as you should be spending. Oh, you know, you went somewhere, you said this right here, and all these lies, all these things, or the enemy tells you, you might as well not serve him. And don't let anything happen to a loved one of yours. And you say, well, why did God allow that to happen? He's not supposed to allow that to happen. If he's going to do that, if he's going to allow that, I don't want to serve that type of God. Have you ever heard that talk before? I know you haven't said it, but I'm sure you've heard that talk before. Well, I want to, when things come against me, or my family, my loved ones, the church, I want to be able to say, like Caleb said, what you see is temporary. It's subject to change at any time. Because God has said, and you, do, you quote the scripture, what God has said. Therefore, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true in this situation is going to change at some time. That's what I want to do, be, be a person like that. And so that's what the type of spirit he had. And he followed him fully. I don't care if the giants were there. He followed him fully. Let's go over to, let's go take this a little bit further with Caleb. Let's go over to Joshua, because when, when, when Moses died, Joshua took him into the, into the promised land. And now, let's read him in chapter 14. Uh, let's go to maybe verse uh, 6, maybe, and see what he was saying there. It's still a count of Caleb, man. We're talking about Caleb. We're talking about what comes out of our mouth. We're talking about uh, seeking God's favor and not man. So therefore, we've got to trust God and not man. We've got to trust God and not situations. We've got to trust God and not our job. We've got to trust God and not our parents. We've got to trust God and, and not our inheritance. We have to trust God and not just because we have education, wisdom. All those things are good. I'm going to tell you, you can have Ph.D. after Ph.D. after D.D.D. You can have everything you want to have, and if God takes his breath from you, you're dead. You're dead. It's good to have all those, but don't lean upon that. You might have a job that's making $200,000, dollars $300,000 a year. Don't lean upon that. People have been let go for little or nothing. Yeah. With, that, with no job. 
Then the sons, is verse 6, Joshua, chapter 14. Then the sons of Judah, drew near to Joshua, and Gilgal, and, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, said to him, You know the word that the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea? And, and uh, he says in verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy the land. And I brought back to him word as it was in my heart. Mm. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord, my God, fully. That's what he said. He was 40. Is anybody in here around 40? Okay, there, there you go. Some, some people don't even want to, don't want to admit it, man. I said, what, what are all y'all teenagers in here? Uh, <laughs> okay, let's take somebody like Virgil. Okay, Virgil, stand up a minute. Now, Virgil, you don't want to mess with Virgil because Virgil can run and he's strong. Okay, thank you, Virgil. Thank you. See, he's young, see? Okay, now listen to what, what he says here, okay? So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever. Do you know that what you say, what's in your heart, what comes out, you think that you might be losing out in, in, in situations. You might be losing relationships. I don't want people to say about me that I'm so, you know, spiritual minded. I'm no earthly good. Have you heard people say that? They're so, so spiritual minded, they're no earthly good. And you say, I don't want people saying that about me. I don't want to be a fanatic. I don't want to be a, a you know, a Bible total. I don't want to be a, you know, I don't want to, every time I turn around, I'm looking at my iPhone and reading the scripture and stuff like that. I, I don't want to be that way. I want to blend in. <laughs> if you make a stand and you try to follow the Lord, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I don't care if they do call you, you know, uh, you know, earthly good because you're so spiritual. Don't, and they don't want to hang with you. Nobody wants to be your friend because you always want to talk about the Bible. You want to talk about God. You want to talk about, you know, spiritual things. Know that you are paving the way for your children, your children's children, your descendants. Because this is what I read. I read that because of Caleb's stand, His inheritance was going to be for him and to his children forever. That's a lot of generations. Because of one man's stand against all the odds of his brethren that went up to spout the land, all the circumstances that it looked like with all the giants 
all the walled city. It looked difficult. Things today look difficult sometimes. It looks difficult. Some of you haven't seen the hand of God move in your situation yet. Even though you've been praying about it, you've been trying to, you know, beseech the Lord, Lord, why? You know, you, you want to do everything right, and, and, and it just hasn't come to pass. Know that it will. Know that it will. And if you stand firm and you seek God's favor rather than man, you trust God rather than man, you're paving your way to, for your descendants. And it says right here, because. Now, now, you could say, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about because that's not true. It's probably something else. It's probably because God had it for him anyway because we know that some people, you know, God has given certain abilities and some people he hasn't. So, that's not true. But when it says because, that tells me I already have the answer. Why? It says because you have followed the Lord, your God, fully. I want to follow the Lord fully. I want you to follow the Lord fully, completely, not leaving anything out that he's asked you to do. I want you to follow him fully. I don't care what anybody else is saying. Somebody can be at workplace. Somebody can be in your classroom. Somebody can be in your household, and, you, and, and they are talking about, you know, your mother, father. They are talking about your teacher. They are talking about your principal. They are talking about your president. They are talking about uh, your, your pastor. They are talking about whoever else. And you say, look, ho, 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 ho. Don't say that around me. I, I don't want to hear that because that's negative talk. You know, if you, want, if, if you, don't, if you feel something bad about it, take it to them. Because the scripture says that if you have something against somebody, you know, you take it to them by yourself. Oh, you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't say that. Do you know it's, it's not popular to say that? You will lose friends quick. Yeah. Quickly. But it says that he followed the Lord fully. Listen to verse 10. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years. Now they were 40 years in the wilderness. So when they went up to search it out, he was 40. Because God sent him around 40 years, that's now 80. That's five years past that time. He's standing before, <laughs> before Joshua, 85 years old. Now Virgil has gone from a youth-looking 40 years old <laughs> to 85. He used to be able to bench press, you know, 300 pounds. <laughs> My daughter tells me, she said, you know, you need to get some muscles on you, you know. And I said, well, I said wait a minute. And I said, what you lifting there? I said, woo, my goodness gracious, thing in heaven. She said, not but 10 pounds, Dad. You know, I, said, <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness gracious, you know. But this man here, listen to what he said. 
he says, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today, I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me out. My strength, he said, as my strength was then, so my strength is now. For war. He said, I'm ready for war. Come on now. 85. 85. Come on, Miss Harlow, right? You're 83, right? You know you're ready for war, right? Just as when you used to be 40. Come on now. See, right? Because that's what he's saying here. He says, I'm ready for war and for going out and coming in. Don't put me in no, in, in no rocking chair. You know, I, I don't want to be no, have no cane. I'm ready to go to war. That's what he said. He says, now then, give me this hill country in which the Lord has spoke that day. And do you know that Anakin was there? Do you know that it was a fortified city? Do you know that giants were there? He said, give it to me. Give it to me. I want it. I'm ready to take it. That's the kind of talk God wants out of you. That's the kind of talk he wants. Isn't that good? I don't care what your situation is. and You don't have to go take a city or anything like that. But how about your, your situation, though? What is your situation? Can you say what he said about your situation? Can you say what God says about your situation? Don't say what the world says. Say what God says about your, your situation. That's what is good. And that's what God is looking for. And you can't worry about man when you do that. Let's go to the third position in ourselves. I don't know, but do you really want the abundant blessings of God? Or do you just want the blessings of God? I don't know. You might, you, you might be so used to so little that you don't want anymore because so little with God is good. So little with God is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a lot because the children of Israel, when they were going around there 40 years, that's a lot, right? It's a lot. He fed them every day. Every day he fed them. He gave them water. He did all those things for them. You have food. You have water. You have shelter. You have something good for me. God has blessed you. You have your help. You're here. Is that good enough? Are you ready for more? Well, let's go to the third way that then we need to position ourselves for that then. Let's go back to our base script in Daniel. Let's go this time to chapter 2, verse 1. Now, this is, this is good. This one, this one, I tell you, woo, this one is good, 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 good. It's sneaky, though. Is sneaky. Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call the magicians and the conjurers, and the NIV says enchanters. So when I say conjurers, it's enchanters in the NIV. Sorcerers and the Chaldeans, 
And when it says Chaldeans in New American Standard, which I'm reading, it's astrologers, to tell the king his dream. So they came. They stood before the king. And the king said to them, hey, I had a dream. My spirit was anxious to understand the dream. Then the astrologers spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans or to the astrologers, the command from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its, and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and, and a reward, great honor. Therefore, declare the dream to me and its interpretation. Now, they are standing there. They are thinking, hmm. They might be magicians. They might be sorcerers. But they know that's not going to happen. So they answered the second time to the king. Let the king tell the dream to his servants. And we will declare his interpretation. The king said, hey, look, you're, buying, you're trying to buy time. You, oh, it's not going to happen. You see, I know you want to, no, listen to verse 9. And if you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. You will have agreed together, for you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me. See, somebody might think that, oh, oh no, 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 no. No. See, if I tell you the dream, what you're going to do is tell me what you think the interpretation is, and I know that might not be true, and so therefore you're going to tell me what you think it is, and I don't want to hear what you think. I want to know what my dream is about. I want to know the truth. So the only way I know the truth is that you tell me the dream first and then, then, then tell me the interpretation. Right? Woo! Isn't that, isn't that wonderful about uh, <laughs> some people say, well, I don't want anybody speaking prophetically over me because they know me. That, you know, because generally if a person knows you, you don't know whether it's true or not. Because they know you. They say, oh, you know, you're, you're a fine person. You know, you like to, um, you, you like to eat. And well, you, uh, you, you're a person who, uh, you, 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 are, you don't like it cold. You like it hot, man. You cut the grass when it's, when it's seven degrees. You got your coat on. You got your hat on. You got your, you, got your, you know, uh, all this scarf on, man. You know, I know you like that. And I, I said, well, oh, my goodness. You, yeah, that's right. How did I know it's right? And they, and, and they know it anyway. Right? But let somebody come from out of town somewhere, don't know anything about me, and they say that, I say, whoo, well, that's pretty good, man. God must have told him something about it because I don't, I don't know that. The king is thinking that. The king is saying, you might give me your own interpretation, so therefore, no, 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 no. What you're going to do is tell me the dream. Then tell me the interpretation. Listen to, now, listen to it now, third time, verse 10. The astrologers answer the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this to any magician or conjurer or Chaldean. 
Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except God. Small g. See, they're they're magicians. They're not serve God. Whose dwelling place is not with mortal man. That's what it said. Now, they had some sense, didn't they? They at least knew it's it's impossible. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, king. Not going to happen. Not a clue. It's not going to happen. And so the king says, he, he got upset. I mean, he got furious in verse 12. And so he ordered all the wise men to be destroyed. And Daniel and his friends, they would be killed also. Then Daniel talked to the man who was, who was uh, going to uh, carry out the execution. And he said, hey, what's going on? And so he told him what was going on. Then he said, okay, let me talk to the king. So he went to talk to the king. He said, king, I hear what you said. Give me a little time. Give me a little time. Let's, let's, let's see, see, what, what, see what it says. Verse 16. So Daniel went in and requested the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his friends, to, to his house, and informed his friends, Hananiah, Michelle, and, and uh, Azariah, about the matter, in order that they might request compassion from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so Daniel and his friends might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. And so let's, let's, let's go over a little further. Let's go to verse 26. Now he goes to the king. The king said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Listen now. Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise man, conjurer, magician, diviners, no one is able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what will take place in the latter days. This is what your dream and the vision of your mind while you were in your bed. So now, he did not say, listen to me, he did not say, king, they couldn't do it. But I got it. I can do this thing. Let me tell you what God told me. None of that stuff is in there. Because that's pride. That's pride. That's pride. Number three is you must be a person of humility. You must be a person of humility. If you're going to receive God's abundance, you must be a person of humility. Now, what is humility? Humility is humbling yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord that he may exalt you in due time. That's what the scripture says. Humility is giving honor and glory to God Almighty. That's humility. Humility is whatever God says, 
That's what you do. That's humility. Humility is lowness of mind. Okay? Lowness of mind in comparison to God Almighty. You see? Do you have a lowness of mind? Do you really believe you're just dust? Do you really believe that you are nothing apart from God Almighty? Do you really believe that no one, no one is beneath you? I don't care what color, I don't care what creed, I don't care what, how, uh, the education level, the economic level, I don't care anything. Do you really believe that you're not better than they are? Do you show it? Do you say things to let God know that? Do you do things to let God know that? Because God is a God that does not show partiality. God made all different ethnic backgrounds. He made all eyes, whether they are slanted, whether they are big, whether they are blue, whether they are brown, whether they are black. He made all noses, whether they are long, whether they are whether they're stout, whether they're short, whether he made everything, all the hair, whether it's, whether it's thin and you have to wash it every day to keep the, uh, the grease out or whether, it's <laughs> or whether, you know, you had to put grease in it, right? He made all that stuff, made it all. Do you think that you are better than somebody else? Pride. Pride. Do you want to be somebody? And so you put other people down to make yourself look better. We're talking about pride. We're talking about versus humility. Because my God tells me that you want to be of lowness of mind. Because I am. He was a humble servant. We're going to pick it up here week after next. We have a guest speaker next week. And we're going to go to another scripture in First Peter, chapter 5, verse 5, to introduce communion, which goes right along with what we're doing, what we're saying now. See, God in Jesus Christ, he humbled himself. He did. He humbled himself. It says here, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. All of you, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility. That clothe yourself is a Greek word that means to put on the slave's apron. Apron, you know, the, the kitchen in the kitchen? You put it with string. You put on your apron. When you put on an apron, they, they, the servants had garments, had, had, had an outward apparel that you knew they were slaves. You knew they were servants. He says, all of you clothe yourself like a slave, like a servant. 
Put on the apron. Put on that apron. So that everybody know you're a servant. All of you. Toward one another. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. How is he going to give you, give me, his abundance if we're in pride? It's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Therefore, humble yourselves, verse 6, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober of spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour because he can devour. He's going to eat up, I tell you, a prideful person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just open the door for him. Just open the door. He said, said, but resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself perfect and confirm and strengthen and establish you. Mm. Quickly, let's go to Philippians 2. I want one more. Uh, in Philippians 2, it's a real awesome to me, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5. It says, Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to have an attitude like Jesus had. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Isn't that what we said that we, we need to do? You see? And being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, and here's the creator coming to appear to be like his creation. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. In other words, I'm going to do what God the Father has told me to do. He sent me to here to offer my body, a sacrifice for you. So I'm going to do that. Even death on the cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. If you exalt yourself, God will humble you. And he bestowed on him a name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that why we uh, share in communion? Aren't we we remembering his death until he returns? Why did he die? Because the Father sent him to 
bridge the gap so that we can come to, back to the Father. It took humility for that to take place. Humility. Let's prepare for communion. Will the service come up, please? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.